I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. And I'm smiling right now because my dear friend hasn't been here in a couple of weeks, but I don't have to do this solo. I am here with Mr. Sean Latimer. Hello. It wasn't the same? It wasn't the same. Oh, well, it's good to be back. Man, if we could think about, here, you ready for this? this yeah. I'm going to th- throw our listeners off. How many hours you and I have spent together for the last 20 years of our life? <laughs> I've probably spent more time with you than anybody, my family included. Yeah, that's true. Uh, for those that don't know, Trevor and I have known each other for 15, 20 years. We're friends. We work together. We play basketball together. And funny is we both have about a 30-minute commute, and most of the time we're on the phone with each other talking about work. So it's kind of uh, maybe a little bit too much at times. Um, Nicole calls you my work wife. Are you okay with that? It's an incorrect term. but uh... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking about an article I wrote called digesting the DC today. Um, And I'll give you a little bit of background. I was blessed with the opportunity uh, that David entrusted me, that I was able to fill in for him a few times and write the DC today. It's a a daily piece that he writes for um, clients and just general readers. And uh, the birthplace of this commentary was he didn't really feel like there was the type of information that he would be looking for as a reader um, when kind of that, that COVID moment was happening. Um, so he started writing a daily piece called COVID and Markets. And uh, it was really appreciated by readers that they thought they could go to um, what they believed to be a reliable source to see a collection of data um, and kind of digest what was going on in the world. Um, so much so that even a, you know a, a U.S. president tweeted about um, one of the articles that he wrote there. So that was the birthplace of this commentary. Yeah, that, and that's very much David, that he is used to being on a routine. And so once he was in a routine and doing it every day, and then the COVID moment was kind of ending, he, he didn't necessarily want to stop writing it. And he saw the, the positive impact it was ha- having on uh, clients and just overall readers. It, it makes sense that he was able to craft it to a different name and keep it going. Yeah, and for me, it took me a while to acclimate. Uh, I'm somebody who kind of overthinks things. And for me, I was like, in my brain, which these two things are not at odds, but when I first started thinking about it, for some reason, I had this tension where I was like, wait, we are long-term investors and long-term planners. Why do we need to deliver the daily news? Like, how do you reconcile the? Does that make sense the way I'm yeah. saying it? And even when David asked me to write it, I was uh, uh, I was happy to do it because it allows him some freedom because the man works so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I was like, man, is this in my DNA? Can I do this? And and uh, it was difficult for me, but I really enjoyed it. And then going through the process, this was the blessing. Now I understand how you marry the daily with the long-term planning. Uh, and, and kind of that's what I try to talk about in the article is that when you get a daily digest of what's going on in the world, yes, it gives you a good foundation of knowledge, but there is items within there that are actually actionable. 
Um, and sometimes it's offense and sometimes it's defense. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go through and kind of look at some of these sections now with a new lens after writing it a couple of times and, and the lens of a financial planner to say, hey, you as a reader, here's some advice. And kind of one of the things I talk about in Thoughts on Money is what I'm trying to do, and, and maybe this is uh, too high of a, a, a goal or an objective, but trying to teach people how to think. So where I wanted to start was David always opens with daily market action. Yeah, he uh, he pretty much opens it up with what most people think we're going to talk about first. You know, what, what's going on in the market, what happened in futures. Um, it, he looks at the major benchmarks and kind of gives uh, his, his two cents of what's what movements are happening and, and a short blurb on maybe why. Yeah, and then some bullet points of kind of um, on the fringe, other things that are happening. And if you're a long-term investor, your first reaction is, man, you shouldn't even look at that. Right. Uh, why does it matter? And what I wrote in the article, and this, I, I, I think this is not intuitive, but I, I said to people, the daily feed should be comforting. Right. And I said this because if you read it every day, you'll know that sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down and sometimes sideways. Right. And you have no idea. That would be funny if like on, on an app on your phone, when you go to look at if the market's doing well or not, if there's like a little drop down at the top, you know, when you get like a text message and it was like bad earnings for this company, this company, this company. And you're like, oh, okay, that's why the market's down or like, you know, great earnings. You're like, oh, that's why it's up. But just something that you're not sitting there wondering like, oh, what happened? You know? Yeah. And it's the funny thing that we all try to do. And David mentioned a few days ago, I think it was on his Monday, uh, the DC Today where he said, markets don't give you a footnote, that they behaved this way and it was because of X, Y, Z. We all speculate. Mm-hmm. We always want to talk about, um, you know, this happened in the White House today or uh, this concern with um, inventory for this particular company or, you know, this real estate company overseas did X, Y, Z. And, and that is kind of what's causing vibrations in markets, but we don't know. Yeah. But what I was saying, where you find the comfort is that if you read every day and you realize you absolutely don't know, um, here's where the comfort is. Markets are unpredictable in the short run, but they are reliable in the long run. And I was like, that's where you find the comfort, is that on a daily basis, uh, it could be a coin flip. You don't know which direction. But what I put in here were some statistics, is that on a, on a one-year basis over the last 52 years, uh, 10 times the market has had a negative annual return. So 19% of the time, there was a negative return. Now you zoom out. Uh, on five-year rolling periods, it was 14% of the time. A little bit better, right? On 10-year periods, negative uh, results only showed up 4% of the time. And negative results didn't show up for a 15, 20, or 25-year period. Here's the comfort for the reader. You just got to flex patience. Yeah. Um, you can digest what's happening daily. Uh, you can laugh about how it's going to cause some people to go crazy, not to uh, down on your neighbor, but where you grab your iced tea and sit back in your chair and you relax, you know you're a long-term investor. And you know that if you're a long-term investor and if you flex patience, probabilities are in your favor. Yeah. Two two points. One, I was laughing earlier because it, it is so unpredictable. We, we don't know why. So some market movements are somewhat obvious, but some make no sense. You know, Mark, uh, as we're walking in here, I think that was down 100 points. And then we were both getting some work done. And I see the headline today is unfortunately, you know, President Biden tested positive for COVID. And now the Dow's up, up. I have no idea if that headline has anything to do with it. And I doubt it. But it just kind of makes you wonder, like, what, what's causing this movement today? 
And then the the second point is, oh, I, I saw a funny article and it was more a satire, but it pretty much said like 98% of people can't stock pick or time the market and you are not the 2%. So don't try it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, it, uh, I remember those uh, tests or discussions they talk about. I don't know if you've ever heard this and I don't know how to frame it perfectly, but it's something like they um, ask you know a, a group of 100 people, how many of you are above average drivers? And, you know, 98% of the people raise their hand and you're like, wait, that can't work. 98 <laughs> out of 100 people can't be above average. Right. So uh, the hubris that we all carry uh, can be something that can be our enemy when it comes to markets. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I do think there's something to be said about understanding what's happening on a daily basis. And then also you get some level of trajectory. Right. Um, David is really good at talking about what the 10 year treasury is doing and the two year treasury, which the relationship between those two means something. And you can see that in historical context. And it can, if you read enough, it can start to settle you and give you a general comfort of understanding what the environment we are in. Not to say that this is going to give you predictive power, but when particular things happen, you would say, oh, that makes sense in light of X, Y, Z. Because I find it a lot, even just amongst friends, um, they'll take one headline and say, man, this is scaring me out of my shorts right now. And then my reaction is, wait, with that particular thing that you're noting, you know that X, Y, Z and ABC are happening. So it's almost intuitive that you would also see that. Does that make sense? As, yeah. as you kind of put all the pieces together and you understand the landscape, I think it can be settling for, for your anxieties. It's more the, the awareness. It's good to be aware because then you're not surprised. And, you know, we've talked about that in past podcasts. Surprises are what, what rattle people or if expectations are off. So if you're aware, that's good. It's not good if you think that awareness equips you to be smarter than everyone else. A hundred percent. And that's what the difference between, hey, am I digesting this for my own general knowledge to build up my own paradigm and perspective and philosophies? Uh, That is the primary reason. Things that are actionable are going to be few and far between and probably on the margins. Mm -hmm. The next thing David talks about a lot, uh, which people are interested in, is public policy, Mm -hmm. right? So... um, the thing that I wanted to draw attention to is public policy is a daily discussion, but not everything is getting enacted into laws, rules, or regulations on a daily basis. No, it takes time. It's a dialogue. Yeah. Right? And you see, um, if you watch it, it's a little bit of tug of war. Mm-hmm. Um, so like David will often say, horse trading, you know, like uh, this party will give up X, Y, Z if the other party will um, be willing to do this. It's this this uh, ever-extending uh, negotiation table of, of compromise. We especially saw this through COVID, you know, some of these massive spending bills and they would go back and forth and you would see the things they were hung up on that really had nothing to do with the actual uh, crisis and it is interesting that i wonder if they almost like just take notes you know oh in 2018 we gave up this 2021 we got this back and like you said it's like a long long long-term game of negotiation and one of the again this is all about giving people hey what learnings can i derive from this and what i wanted to help people here and david said it way better than i ever could so I, i actually did take a pretty long snippet out of his annual letter But it's when you're talking about public policy, 
what do you plan for? What could be or what is? You have to plan for what is. What is? You have to. Not, not for what could be or for what you want to be. Perfectly said. And that is where people get in trouble a lot of the time. Uh, and David did not hold back. In his annual letter, he criticized people, um, whether they were on the size, side of, of doing uh, estate planning or, or tax planning, that um, these folks were, were kind of fear-mongering on what could be passed and they were pressing people to change their estate plan mm-hmm. and to realize taxes um, prematurely um, for something that never surfaced. Yeah. And David was saying, that is the unwritten story, um, that there are casualties around this uh, that was the real destruction of capital or even kind of the locking up of capital when it comes to estate planning that didn't need to be done. And it's because too many people were focusing on what might be versus what actually was. So my advice when you're reading about public policy, again, Sean and I talked about it, build your foundation of knowledge, your understanding of what's happening in the world, but be very, very careful when you're going to take action and make sure that that action is relative to something that um, is actually written in law and in policy, not something that you think may happen. Well said. Next part we'll kind of swap over to because it's definitely been the focal point um, for uh, financial news is the Federal Reserve. And I took two headers that David has, uh, the Federal Reserve, and I married it to housing and mortgages because I think for our clients, uh, those topics are very much interrelated. Yeah. Um, so what's happening with the Federal Reserve is uh, they're basically saying, hey, we are going to fight inflation. Um, and the weapon they're going to choose to do that with is the Federal Reserve rate, um, the rate with which banks borrow um, overnight. And that has a domino impact uh, or effect on all other interest rates. So where is the application there? I would say if you have a mortgage today, um, pop open the champagne, celebrate. Yeah, because <laughs> Yeah, you probably have a borrowing rate that's half of what new borrowing rates are at. Um, and that's a challenge for new buyers. Uh, you know, I have uh, some friends where their kids are, are buying homes. And um, when borrowing rates are the 5 or 6% and housing prices are... Uh, above average right now, that can make for a really expensive mortgage. So where's the application? You have to be very thoughtful on, on how you borrow. Um, and, and what I mentioned in the article is that there are two sides to that coin, right? When interest rates rise, it has a negative impact on a borrower, but it has a positive impact on a saver. Mm-hmm. So what would our advice be right now to, to folks that, um, you know, for their own comfort level, have significant amounts of cash? Well, at least you're going to be getting a higher interest rate than you were in the past. And you have to be thoughtful about that, right? Because maybe if you're at XYZ Bank uh, and you're in their premier savings account, uh, maybe that premier savings account hasn't seen that kind of uptick in interest rates. So is there a chance that you should meet with your advisor and be thoughtful about should you ladder out some pretty simple treasuries? I mean, I put a uh, a snip for our, for our uh, readers in there showing that those treasury rates on 12 months or two years, they're oscillating in that 3 uh, to 3.15%. So that is, for most of our listeners, 
probably more significant than they're getting in their general savings account. That's a really good point because there is a nationally known uh, credit union and uh, a client was asking me, hey, I have a, you know, <clears throat> a part of my portfolio in cash that I keep in my bank. Should I look at some of those online banks or savings rates to get a better yield? And I was like, well, let's look at what your current, it's a large establishment. Let's see what they offer because I'm sure they offer some sort of CDs or something. And I thought it was a mistake that I offered 10 basis points for a one year, a two year or a three year uh, savings account with them. And I had no idea. I, I almost like laughed thinking, well, that can't be right. So you, you're right. People are probably leaving money on the table. So Yeah. And for some of our clients, there is a comfort level where either the money's earmarked for something particular, like a, a wedding, a new home purchase or something. Um, but you want to take action. Here's a really easy place to take action that you can again, I think in most cases, keep yourself out of harm's way, mm-hmm. right? Um, you see that what the Federal Reserve is talking about, you see an uptick in interest rates, um, and you can take advantage of it in a fairly uh, innocent way. Um, and that's why I think being thoughtful with interest rates for um, maybe, um, you know, maybe your listener and, and one of your kids is going to buy a first home, um, helping them navigate that. I, I was you know, we play basketball together. I was talking to one of the gentlemen this morning saying, hey, it might be worth considering for your son to explore something like an adjustable rate mortgage. Um, and we kind of went through, hey, what could interest rates do over the next seven to 10 years? Uh, what's kind of our philosophy at the Bonser Group? What would be the benefit of that? And I'm not saying that he should go that route. But what do planning conversations benefit is that you can juxtapose two options against each other, look at the pros and cons, and decide, hey, what is the best situation for my family? Now, you don't really have to do that process two years ago when interest rates were so low where it's like, hey, it's a no-brainer. I can walk in for 30 years. Different environment, right? And that's where that daily news feed might kind of tug your shoulder and say, hey – um, you know, in this area, you, you might want to be a little bit more thoughtful now. Yep. That's it. Just yep. Yep. That's all I got. Well, I mean, I was thinking about earlier that employment's strong and interest rates will probably continue to move. And so if you are a buyer, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. There are some, you know, no pun intended, interesting options, maybe interest only. But like you said, it takes a lot of planning because if rates do continue to adjust over those seven years, then you need to be prepared that that could happen. So, Yeah, exactly. And that's why anytime you make a financial decision, uh, you need to understand the risks associated. Yep. So again, when David is talking about the Federal Reserve and housing and mortgages, um, you can digest that information and pull out the tidbits that apply to your current situation. And it might be that you have a credit union Uh, And then you're like, oh, I am actually just going to go and take some of these surplus funds that are meant for my reserves, and I'm going to buy a one-year treasury and get 3%, right? That might be a move that is beneficial to you, and that might be something that you want to sit down and and talk with your advisor about. Uh, The next section David usually uh, plugs into is against doomsdayism. Now, I have an opinion there, but I'm going to let you talk first. Uh, What do you think about that section and kind of what does it do for for the readers on a daily basis? I think it's exactly what it sounds like. And anytime he comes across something that uh, someone is trying to capitalize on a scary headline or or, uh, be a sensationalist, he likes to kind of shoot it down and and point out like, hey, the same person probably said something different 12 months ago, or it, it kind of points out 
like a, a an immediate conflict of interest. I, I love it. Yeah, I think there's this natural thing. Like, say you watch the nightly news, um, the they know that what ninety percent of what they're going to deliver feels kind of negative. Right. Uh, feels like it can kind of be burdensome or pessimistic or whatever. So what they do on the nightly news is they're like, they're going to give you one feel-good story. They're like, oh, this puppy that only has three legs, like, rescued this person, um, you know, from whatever it might be. It's one of those fuzzy moment, feel-good, like, local stories. Um, David is having the same impact on this section, but he's using something that uh, I think is a lot more powerful. What he's saying is, yes, in the daily news, you're going to get um, these different things that can feel like they have a negative spin. But have you ever thought about zooming out? Have you ever thought about what do poverty levels look like over the last 50 years? Um, what does it look like for access to clean drinking water? Or um, what did it mean to uh, get the sniffles in the uh, 1920s versus yeah. what it means today? And the access to medicine and all these things. Um, he's challenging people to expand their paradigm. Uh, and I think knowing that you're going to get some digest of negativity, um, it's good to say, wow, look at where the momentum is um, in uh, like whether, whatever you want to look at, um, culture or uh, access to food and water and shelter and all these things. Uh, if you zoom out, you're like, wow. We've made a lot of progress, uh, and that is not a popular thing to see on on uh, on the news feed. And, and where I'm saying that's very different than the three-legged puppy uh, is that those um, those stories will make you feel good. But what I think that he's doing is that it's going deep into your logic to say, "Wow, the innovation, um, progress, the world is a better place today than it was yesteryear." Yeah, there's plenty of people out there that will sit there and complain about, you know, where we live or things that we have to deal with or public policy or whatever it might be. But like you said, if you zoom out and see the circumstances around the world, I think we're we're doing all right. Yeah. And kind of the place where I'll close it out, there's a last section he always does called Ask David. Uh, and my encouragement there is so simple. If you have a question, ask it. Because what do they always say in the classroom? If you have a question... I'm sure that everybody else is thinking that same question and there's value that can be derived from there. The other thing that I personally love about it is uh, it's where the rubber meets the road. Um, it's where you get actual application. Because um, what are the questions usually? X, Y, and Z are happening in the world. What should I do based on that? Uh, and that is at the core of what financial planning is. Yeah, you're right. And the your classroom analogy is true because I, I remember there was times when he first started doing that where I was like, I hope this isn't a dumb question. And I forwarded to him. He's like, this is perfect. I'll write on it next week. I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah, and it makes sense because, like I said, we're all kind of self-conscious, right, um, uh, about maybe not wanting to ask a dumb question. But then when we realize that that one question for the thousands of readers that had that exact same question and not only that, the, the, the second level thinking is that if you can kind of pull from that, what truth is he using about finance or what 
part of his philosophy is helping him get to that conclusion. Because that is one thing that I, I, I very much respect David for, um, whether it's finance or theology or politics. Uh, he has a strong foundation of what his beliefs are. Uh, and that is the soil where he grabs all his conclusions from. Um, and I like that because it keeps consistency uh, and it keeps you out of um, just preaching the, the, the tribal line. Because uh, sometimes he'll say like, hey, some people that agree with me on a whole lot of other things for my particular lane for politics won't like that I'm going to say this. But based on these beliefs, uh, this is kind of what my conclusion is. Uh, and I think you can see a lot of that in that Ask David section. Yeah, his worldview, you, you can tell, has framed his opinion in a lot of things. But he does a really good job at um, not leaning one way or another. Uh, he, he kind of stays in the middle of the road and stays very factual in any type of debate or answering questions. I agree. In, unless it comes to sports betting, then <laughs> everything's thrown out. <laughs> then it's somewhat irrational, and but he's so confident it makes you nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, that was uh, all we had for you today. Uh, really, the intent here uh, was my own evolution to say, oh, this is the intersection between um, the na- daily news feed and the natural planner that's inside me. Um, and I think the experience of getting to be able to write the DC Today and, and this has really um, matured my mindset uh, for this. And uh, again, what we really want readers to get is that there's two things that you always have going on. One is just this natural evolution of your own knowledge and understanding of how all this stuff works. Uh, and then secondly, to be able to pick out those few opportunities where you can be actionable. Uh, and I hopefully it was helpful for you because that was our intent to teach you how to think. Um, any closing words or comments before I? Nope. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Great to have you back. Um, well, we will ask that you rate the podcast. Five stars are preferred. All comments are welcome. If you have a question for Mr. Sean or me, Trevor, you can email T-O-M, that's Tom, at thebonsagroup.com. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Um, comments are welcome. And uh, we will be back next week with more of our Thoughts on Money. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. 
Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.